Hello and thanks for watching or listening to what is episode 34 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. You, you might be watching on YouTube or you've downloaded and you're listening to us on Spotify or iTunes. And if you can, uh, can leave us a review, we'd really appreciate this. I'm Steve Lillis. And as usual, uh, my co-host, John Evans, sporting a, a U.S. Marine haircut, which is quite impressive. Good to see you, John. And um, respect to your barber. <laughs> Look like a U.S. Marine, but twice as hard, Steve. I know you're hard, mate. You, you used to <laughs> grapple, mate. I know how tough you are. We've got some great debates this week. I know you'll have something to say, John, about two or three of them. Our special guest this week, he was well, late 90s, early 2000s. I think it was a very good domestic super featherweight. He then became a second, a trainer, a promoter, a manager, a matchmaker. He's done it all. He's done about 50,000 personal training sessions this year alone, even though we've been locked down most of the time. It's the King of Newark, Mr. Carl Greaves, the man from Middle England. How are you, Carl? I'm all good, Steve. All good, mate. It was good to see you Saturday, mate. And um, I will say I was impressed with um, your fighter, Levi Giles. Gave away a lot of weight. Um, I think the first round, a set cup bit early doors in the fight took him by surprise against Pilkington who was that heavy but once he got in his rhythm I think you've got a good fighter there Carl. Yeah he's a very good kid uh, up and coming prospect 9-0 now so let's just see how far he can go. Yeah, it's right. good this, uh, these fight zone shows Carl they're giving all these lads an opportunity aren't they? They must be all desperate banging on to get on these cards now try and get, get some momentum back in my career again. Yeah, if you're a good ticket seller, it's a great platform to go on. And obviously, if you've uh, got a deal with Dennis, even better, because obviously he's uh, he's got you under contract and he's paying for the top of the bill and the chief support. So, um, fantastic opportunity for the fighters now. It's a good platform. And like, like Steve said, what a fantastic setup. I mean, when I walked in there, I couldn't believe how good it was. And uh, fair play to him, who's, everybody who's involved. Right. All right, well, I think we might, I might touch on fans' um, fight zone on something I've got later on in the in the pod, but we'll go there then. You know how it works, Cole. This is your second appearance. If you're still gassing after three minutes, what happens, Mr. Evans? The bell comes in, Carl. Yeah. Okay, we'll start with round one when you've got the clock going, John, and it's your first topic. Yeah, it's sort of like the end of an era this week in Newcastle, isn't it, where um, the final matchroom show... On Sky, um, you know what? Some people love him, some people hate him, but but what a job Eddie Hearn's done! I think you know, boosting the profile of boxing in Britain. I think a lot of it's been done by the force of his personality as well. You know, he's people have latched on to Eddie, haven't they? You know, he, even if it's an average card, he gets his face in front of the cameras. Could sell sand to the Arabs, and I think he's done hell of a job. When you look at the early shows with Kelbrook and Lovemore undo at Hillsborough and Darren Barker against. Dominic Sparda, was it? The very early show. I was, at, yeah, I was at the yeah, Olympia, I think it was, yeah. Incredible, you know, to get 90,000 in um, in Wembley Stadium for Joshua. Maybe it's got a little bit stale, maybe a little bit of complacency set in the last year, you know. It seems like any decent fight's gone on pay-per-view and maybe they've not turned enough stars from the latest Olympic cycle. But um, some shoes for, I think we're going to talk about who's going to fill the gap. But what a, what a hole they've got to fill, you know, what a gap he's left. Big opportunity for whoever does it, but, um, you know, what an area it's been really for boxing in Britain. 
Yeah, uh, look, we've got to get Carl's opinion. So I'll just be quick. Look, Eddie's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, but as you say, John, what he's done is fantastic. Oh, and what he's done with fighters and how he's built them into stars. I'll use Anthony, I'll use Anthony Crawler as a quick example. Eddie took him on. He'd lost to Gary Sykes for the second time in a prize title. I think he'd been knocked out by Derry Matthews. He drew with Derry Matthews and he made him into an arena fighter. Obviously, Ant Crawler had some great narratives behind him, but there's an example of what Eddie done with these fighters. And, um, you know, big shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, Eddie's a fantastic promoter, fantastic businessman, but he's a massive boxing fan. And obviously, like he said, he wants to move boxing forward. He wants to move Matchroom forward. I mean, Matchroom's going to be doing all the media and the production from what I can gather. So, um, I mean, it's massive opportunities for boxers now in this country with all, all the platforms we've got with, obviously, Fight Zone, Sky Sports, BT Sports, Zone, and Channel 5. I mean, it's, it's never been in such a better place, in my opinion, and... And what a great opportunity for all these up-and-coming fighters now. I mean, look, look at someone like Jason Cunningham, you know, seven or eight years ago, Jason Cunningham, he would have been main support at Huddersfield Leisure Centre, wouldn't he? But yeah. all of a sudden, he's in a hell of a fight with uh, Yafai. He gets a load of publicity and he'll get big fights going on from that. And he, the Percy's Jason will probably get now for the rest of his career just wouldn't have been around a few years ago. You know, as you say, you know, it was that, you know, he, he took boxing out of the, out of leisure centres, council-owned leisure centres, and moved them to arenas. There was fights going on in the arenas that were no way we were, were arena fights. But, okay, round two. Well, the sky is still looking blue, I think, for Sky Sports. Um, they, they're still going to kind of continue in boxing. You know, look, it, people had known for a week or so it come out on... You know, it hasn't been officially announced that Ben Shalom, a boxer, and John was choosing. It looks like they're getting, they're going to be the lead promoters, the lead people in it. Um, it's a left-field move, but I think, you know, from what I can gather, Sky are going to give boxing plenty of airtime. There's a lot of speculation that top rank are going to get an output deal and we're going to see a lot of their shows overnight. And, you know, again, what you were saying about stars being made from Eddie, if they can do it right, their problem's going to be, I think, the, the new promoters isn't getting prospects. There's a lot of them about, you know, you Carl's got a hat full, Steve Wood's got a few, you know, they're all over the country, these prospects. Their problem's going to be signing the elite fighters who can headline shows, but they've got a great opportunity. There'll be people in boxing, you know, maybe turning their nose up that Sky have gone to left field, if what we believe is true, and we know it is. Um... But um, if they, they, they've got an opportunity. It's that, you know, let's hope they take it with both hands because they, if they do, it's only good for boxing and the boxers. Yeah, I mean, I felt really sorry for John, obviously, when um, he moved away from Matchroom. I mean, he's run Matchroom for 20-odd years, done a fantastic job. And obviously, I know Eddie come in and obviously took over and um, John really had to had to move on, really. He got sort of, like, pushed out. I think it was uh, he wanted some new faces in, and John sort of, like, just went, went his own way. And uh, obviously, Sky know that John's very, very good at his job. He's a very well-liked man. Um, nobody's got a bad word to say say against him. And and obviously, what happened was he got, he got working with the ultimate boxer, with Ben Shalom, and obviously, I was head of boxing of ultimate boxer, 
And they asked me what I thought of John. I said, a very, very good guy, knows the game inside out. And they asked me if they would mind if he took over as head of boxing of Ultimate Boxer and if I'd just do the matchmaking. I said, yeah, I was really happy about that. So we had a show together in December, in obviously on the BT Sport. Wasn't the best of shows. We had, we was limited to how many fights we could have on and the pullouts and people failing COVID testing. Me and John worked, worked very well together, very closely. And um, I mean, it's great for the likes of myself and Steve Ward and Errol Johnson and and all Steffi, well, all the other promoters, because we're all going to get an opportunity now. I mean, they're going to be looking for fighters. I mean, they're going to want headliners and they're going to need bigger names and they're going to be looking for fighters that's not under contract. But, I mean, it's, it's great for boxing. And um, I think they've got 20 fights a year, over four years. So, plenty of work there. And uh, let's hope it really works out for them. I mean... Um, I'm really excited about it. And it's another, like I say, it's another big opportunity. Eddie's moved on to the zone and he's left all us now with an opportunity to have a few few fighters on Sky. Oh. Round three, Carl, I think you've got a point about um, people, so we say, coming into boxing through the back door without licences. Yeah, I just think it's um, it's hard, really. I mean... You've got the likes of myself. Well, I mean, I've got every single license. Growing my license fees are a fortune every year, and I just find it a little bit disrespectful, really, when these these people are coming into the game now, acting as agents and haven't got a license, haven't served the time, haven't done the apprenticeship, and they're getting all these good fights because they're involved with people who's got money or contacts, and they're sort of like brainwashing these kids. And they don't really know what they're letting themselves in for, to be honest. And like the board put out the other week that they're not going to listen to any fighter that's involved with um, people in the game that's not got licences. So if obviously something goes wrong and they're act somebody's acting on behalf as a manager, then they haven't got a leg to stand on when it comes to obviously Percy's contracts and that. And yeah, I just think it's wrong, really. I mean, they should have a licence. The board shouldn't let anybody in the game who hasn't got a licence when everybody else is paying their fees. So, it is what it is. I mean, that's the way the world is now and how it's changed. But not just that. I mean, it's it's so easy for other people to get licences that hasn't, haven't, haven't served the time. And it's just uh, making a bit of a mockery of the sport, really, in my opinion. It's a... Uh... It's been said a few times, it's the easiest sport to infiltrate, isn't it, Carl? You know, 100%. Someone brings the mate into the gym watching them and all of a sudden they're giving water in the corner. Before you know it, they're yeah. changing the gun shield and then they're giving advice. And uh, you see some characters, don't you, in these gyms? Yeah, you know, it's, changed, it's changed so much. And um, like I say, everybody's involved in boxing now. They know it's an easy sport to get involved in and... It's just the word professional just goes out the window. I mean, it's a big word, the name professional. And these, and you should be proud of being a professional fighter. I mean, a professional sportsman. And some of the people involved in the professional boxing side just haven't got a clue. And it's it's not good. It's not safe. And uh, things need to change. We need to clamp down a bit now on who's getting licences and who's coming into the sport, in my opinion. You know what? I, I don't necessarily agree with the board with their three-year rule to get a manager's license. What I'd like to see happen is you put a, like in football for agents. Uh, I can only speak with football. I don't know other sports where you have to put down, say, a twenty grand deposit or bond, 
which you get back after five years if you haven't offended or done things wrong. That's what I'd like yeah. to see happen. Well, that, that's what we do with promoting. I mean, yeah. promoters have to put a bond down. Right. Round, round four, over to you, John. Yeah, you know, we're in a time where um, the sport's crying out for exciting, engaging, high-quality fighters. And I think David Avenesian's slipping through the net. In, well, in danger of slipping through the net, Carl. Um, He's always good to watch, you know. Went through that inconsistent spell where he won a couple, but he's really hit his straps recently. He's in fantastic form. The win over Kelly, I believe, was the most watched non-pay-per-view fight of the last yeah. times. Um, I know it's not your fault. I know it's not David's fault. I know it's not Neil's fault. But it just I, it, it's beyond belief to me why they've not built up this rival with Ben and just aimed for 18 months down the line, built both guys up, kept David busy, um, I just hope he's 32 now, David. Yeah. And I just hope his peak is in and his prime is in, doesn't slip away. Yeah, I mean, what I'm disappointed about is after uh, David beat Josh Kelly, Eddie was on air saying what he's going to do for him and he deserves a world title fight. And he was mentioning names and, and all that. But the names were being offered are like just banana skins, like 16 and 0 kids, 16 and 1 up and coming prospects. David's past that now. We don't need to go down that route. We need a shot at a world title, a final eliminator, a world title fight. I mean, I've been saying to people that Conor Ben's a backward step. He is a backward step. But if he can't deliver a big fight, then let's have Conor Ben. It's a massive fight. You know what I mean? But I know they don't want David. I know they know that he's not ready for him. But don't offer his banana skins that we don't want to take. We're not going to risk taking. In this position we're in now, we're in the top five across the board in the world governing every single organisation. We need a big name or a or a, a I mean a final eliminator for a world title, in my opinion. And like you said, I don't want David to miss out now. He's at that that stage where he's got to get a big opportunity. Don't keep coming back to us with names that we don't want to we don't want to box. I mean, not saying that David won't beat him, but some of them are banana skins and. We don't need them. We need to move on now. I mean, it's a backward step all these kids are offering us. So, Neil's working really hard. I mean, his mandatory's been put out there for the uh, European title. It's gone out to Perspid to do on the 16th of June. Again, it's his 21-0, the kid, that Geordie Weirs from France. I think it's an easy fight for David. It's not a banana skin, so if that happens, we'll have it. I mean, I think David walks for him, but... I don't want no banana skins for him. We want either kids who are confident of walking through to keep pushing on for a world title or get us a crack now. Yeah, my, my fear, John, is something similar. I think what you would maybe getting at, John, I, I, I fear that, you know, through no fault of anyone's, um, who's certainly in his management team, that his career could peter out. He's been a pro for 12 years now. In these last four fights, I think he's beaten the Spanish kid Laraja twice. And Josh Kelly, he deserves a lot more than that. Um, and you just worry that could his career peter out with a series of these European defences against French, Spanish and Italian kids. Yeah. And suddenly he's 34, approaching his 35th birthday when that when that final eliminator's there. And he's been a pro 15 years. Right, round yeah. five, um, fantastic. And you know what? I went to, I went to the Fight Zone show um, in Sheffield on Saturday night. Of course, saw Carl there. And... You know what? It, the, go away. The setup's incredible. We can speak about that another week and maybe get one of someone from there on here, John. But the fact that seeing fans let back in, 
it was just brilliant. You know, I got there at half past five, quarter to six, and the five, six hundred fans that they're permitted in the arena, they was all there drinking, having a good night, a good laugh. And you just think it, it really hit home to me how horrible it's been boxing without fans. That 500 there the other night, there was, you know, even a kid from Scotland, and I apologise, his name escapes me, who's Sam Kinnock's got. He brought about Calvin 40... McCord. Calvin McCord, sorry. Yeah, he's unbeaten, about seven or eight now. He brought about 30 down. Your man, Leval Giles, bought God knows how many from Grimsby. You know, Reese Mole bought an army, you know, from the other, from West Yorkshire. Um, it was just fantastic seeing people there and... I just, I just, you just cannot go ever, ever go back there again. And you know what? These fighters fighting these behind closed doors, all credit to them, all credit to everyone who's worked. But it was so good seeing the fans back in there. It's sort of, you know, I was getting a bit bored with boxing, you know, washing it behind closed doors and a little bit of my soul was taken out of my love for the sport. But Saturday night rekindled that and it wasn't because of the fights. It was because seeing people and then coming back and watching on Sunday the BC show on Sky Plus, on BC Plus, whatever it's called, what you record it on, and seeing and hearing all those Stoke lunatics singing Delilah. It's fantastic that the, the crowds are back. Yeah, really, really good. I mean, like you say, you can't beat the crowds and everyone's coming out now. They're wanting a good night. I mean, obviously, some of the ticket prices are expensive, but they're going to pay it because, I mean, we're limited to numbers, so we have to make it work and that's how it's happening. And to get all these fans back in and having a good night, it's great to see. I mean, uh, especially on TV shows with uh, in the background, seeing them all enjoying themselves and we haven't got to keep putting the fake crowd noise in. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we can't hear the corners either, can we anymore? You can't hear the bollockings and swearing in the corners. And, and yeah, the trainers, that was and the train, bad, well, wasn't it? I and mean, the trainers getting it wrong as well. You can't hear them, can you? You mean, oh, you, oh, I think he got it wrong there. <laughs> Final round over to you, and uh, you want to talk about boxing now and then, Carl? I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Remarkable how it's changed boxing over the years. I mean, obviously, social media has been a massive thing. It's changed the face of boxing. It's got a lot of fighters, a big profile now, and some deserve it more than others. I mean, back in the day when I was fighting, there was no YouTube. I think you, you I think BoxRec was around. You could always have a look at the records and that, but... The kids nowadays have got more footage than anybody they want to see. They can see everything they're up to, even see what box shorts they're wearing. You know what I mean? It's just uh, it's just changed. And um, I just think boxing in general has, has become different. I mean, the way it's um, the way it's all moving and good or bad, I don't know. I mean, probably a little bit jealous, really, because, I mean, I'd like to have been around nowadays with everything that's happening and, the opportunities fighters are getting. I mean, I used to beg and crave for a TV opportunity and unfortunately, they always come in the away corner against red-hot kids, you know what I mean? But I really believe nowadays, if I was around, that I would have probably got an opportunity as an own fighter on a TV show. So that's how different the game is. I mean, you can't fault it. I mean, it's fantastic for uh, for the fighters nowadays, but um, it's changed so much. Carl, if you had to bring one thing from your time in the sport 
into modern day, what would it be? What do you think it's missing these days that you, that you had? Missing the... I think it's not got... I mean, they haven't got the competitiveness as what they had back in my day. I mean, you can get a kid easy now to 10, 12 yes. and 0. Back in my day, it was a lot tougher. I mean, it was a lot more tougher. I mean, even the journeyman was solid kids and tough. You know what I mean? It's a lot different now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can progress a fire a bit easier nowadays than when, than when I was boxing. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't change it because that's how it's just gone with, the, gone with the times, you know what I mean? But it's a lot, in my opinion, it's a lot more easier now than back in the day. You know, look, it's great that all these kids are earning money as kids on Fight Zone earning some serious dough for four and six rounds. Um, you know, but, you know, a couple of things we touched on, social media. You think that you go back, John, to Carl, 10, 15 years ago, we, when we just about had the internet really taking off, you had a boxing message board where you'd all exchange and message boards would be the bane of boxing. They're now insignificant message boards pretty much. Because we've got yeah. social media. Um, my, my other thing that you know gets to me now, and I don't begrudge these kids these the successes. You know, we're getting these kids to nine. You were touched on there, nine and ten and zero who've come off the unlicensed because they sell tickets. And it's the you know, the big reason we can do that is because of box rec. Because you can just do your box rec matchmaking. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, in in this era. But you know what? You know, it is different, you know, change from... I've been around in boxing since the late 80s. You see the change. You know, I don't think you've got the characters you certainly had in the 90s, particularly. Yeah. I think I've had this discussion with you. When you were boxing, Carl, we had some mad nights, you know? Um, yeah, some potty nights. And I think the characters are missing. But you know what? If kids are earning a living from it, I don't begrudge anyone who can make money out of boxing, whether they deserve that purse or not. I have no problem at all because they're doing a really hard sport. And when you think about it, there might be a kid earning five grand for 12 rounds and he's put 10 weeks into it. It's not a lot of dough. So anyone who, who can earn anything from this sport, who is a professional boxer, I will say, I've got no problem with at all. Whether they're yeah, good I enough, mean, to go, whether they got, you know, you know, plastic records, they're 15 and zero and we all know they're not going to go anywhere. They're still getting in there, going to the gym, maybe leaving work from the building site and going to the gym every night. I don't begrudge them anything. Boxing's changed, but um, if the, you know, the, the fighters are earning money and better money than they were then, no problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I earned peanuts in my career, honestly. I was a big seller as well. I mean, that's how much... The game's changed money-wise as well, you know what I mean? I can remember fighting for an area, Midlands area title, you know what I mean? Walking away with a thousand pound. I mean, kids are earning that for, you know what I mean? Just turning up nowadays. It's crazy how it's changed, you know what I mean? I'll tell you, you know, everyone knows everything these days, don't they? You know, the, yeah. the fight week press conferences and hotels and everything. What I used to do when I was... 13, 14 and stuff. When there was a big fight in Manchester, I used to get the boxing news. I used to go to the back page and we used to, you could always find Delicious. a phone number for Frank's office or something. And I'd ring up and whoever it would be, you'd pick up the phone and I'd, I'd put on a deeper voice and say, where's the weighing today? Jump on a bus and talk my way in, way into yeah. one of the hotels in Manchester, like a, <laughs> a, hotel, a function room in Renaissance or something like that. 
And you've been brilliant. Off That's to brilliant. <laughs> that goes on there about characters in boxing. But you're a character, John, because people, that's what I'm saying. Where are these characters gone who pull strokes like that when they're school kids? Yeah, the, people that, the people that are running, who are going to be running boxing in 20 years' time are sitting by a computer now putting stats into them about fighters, about, you know, techniques and all that. That, John, is what I'm on about, about characters in boxing missing. You've backed up what I said there. Where, where are the characters? That's what I miss. I don't begrudge any of the money, but I want more characters in it. You know, maybe because I'm yeah. nearly 60 and I'm old. Maybe that's why. But you're most probably, John, the youngest character left in boxing. <laughs> Don't know. I've gone past 40 now. I know I'm not a look 21, but I'm past 40. Well, you're still one of the youngest characters, mate. If you were doing that, ringing up Frank's office, putting on the gruff voice, that's nothing but respect, mate. That, that's, no one would do that now. They, what they do now is send an email from a moody email address. Yeah, we, 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 got, to, we, got, to know, um, we got to know John Robinson from the WBU and everything. He used to oh, give us T-shirts and stickers. Brilliant. And he was always up in Manchester at calls for the Ricky Nights, <laughs> yeah. wasn't he, Big John? Big John yeah, Robinson. Cool. We did. We actually did the exact same trick when Roy Jones fought John Ruiz in Caesar's Palace. It, it was a closed weigh-in, and we we pulled the same trick and got in there as well. Who did you have to ring for that one? God no, we just talked our way into that one. That was a, that was a good one. Most of the journalists who cover boxing these days, John, they wouldn't know what a phone is. They do interviews on email. <laughs> but yeah. there you go. Anything more to say, Carlos? Before we let you no, go, no, mate. This is a really good thing you've got going. I like it. I like you're, getting uh, you on. You, 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 you've got something to say. So you're proper boxing people, you two as well. You're really knowledgeable, and it's great talking to you both. Yeah, and hey, John's the king, mate, for putting on the gruff voice and ringing Frank's office. That, that's the winner tonight. That is John's. John stole it. <laughs> you were very good, and you were very good. You was ahead on points as the best contributor tonight. John's been. John was like Chavez, Mildred Taylor, and Daniel with two two seconds. Seconds to go in the pod, <laughs> fellas. Man. I really enjoyed it tonight. Uh, thanks, John, as always. And uh, Carl, we'll, we'll get you on again like we do every couple of months. Yeah. I know you love talking boxing. You better go and spend some time with your family if you've been out all day. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, lads. Thank Thanks, you, fellas. Cheers. Thanks Soon. a lot, John. No worries, pal. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across and off. Click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.